This is The Playbook. Welcome to Money Talks. I'm David Meltzer, and I'm thrilled to have Mark Salzberg with me. He is a legend within the space of collectibles, and he's the chairman at NGC. He is also a senior grading finalizer. Welcome, Mark, to Money Talks. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. Now, I'm going to start off at the basic question. What is a senior grading finalizer? So um, I have a grading team of uh, coin specialists, coin experts, uh, and they um, input their grade on uh, their computer at NGC. And I see their grade come up and I I form a consensus, uh, put the final grade in. Um, I've been doing it for 35 years. Wow. And you've been at the forefront of collectibles and now at the forefront of what's really been an incredible rise in the interest of collectibles. Um, what is it that you attribute to such an exponential rise in the interest in collectibles? I think for a long time, collectibles were considered, you know, sort of a maybe at the best an emerging asset class. And because of the prices realized history over the last 30, 40 years, uh, people have become more comfortable with how transparent transactions can be with collectibles. Obviously, certification has really, really helped. My company um, certifies coins, comics, currency, um, and uh, stamps, and now trading cards. And because we encapsulate them, we preserve them, we guarantee the grade, and we've done it with 75 million items. Um, you know, the, the and people now feel very, very comfortable buying and selling those on a, on a regular basis. We've also created tools where people have blueprints of how to collect, which are called registries, and they compete online. So we have hundreds of thousands of people that do that. And, um, you know, literally, this has become a billion-dollar industry within each vertical. It's incredible. Within each vertical, too, there's a backlog for grading. Uh, and despite so many different efficiencies created by technology and other attributes that can assist us, the demand is literally overwhelming. And what used to take, I have been trading cards for years, what used to take or actually be solicited to get graded now has sometimes up to two years of a wait list determined upon which one of those categories that you're talking about. Do you see the demand slowing down or do you see technology and capability increasing to handle the amount of demand that is in each of these categories? Well, I think we had a, a huge demand based on, you know, the, what I call the fast money. You had, uh, you had COVID money, you had low interest rates, um, and that really got things crazy. I think things are normalizing, uh, particularly in cards. Um, the traditional verticals like stamps or coins or even comic books didn't have that that speculative run-up coins in particular are very very steady um we have you know backlogs but not to that extent and the the backlogs for comic books are coming down technology will help ai which we're incorporating will definitely help but you know we're still in the first or second inning of really penetrating any of these markets you have a worldwide market and when it comes to world coins in particular, 
you know, that's just huge. I mean, you have 100, you have 100 plus countries and a thousand years of history, metal, different metals, different denominations. There's a lot of a lot of data needed and a lot of expertise needed to evaluate these these items. So databases are important. Uh, imaging is super important, and having that expertise, uh, um, you know, really gives us uh, those are the obstacles, and also is is our moat to competition. And you know, talking to so many experts in this space all agree that we're just at the beginning, uh, that we can't even understand the size, scope, and scale of uh, different markets within the context of collectibles. What's your outlook as far as growth uh, over the next five years? Yeah, I'm very optimistic. In particular, you know, I, I'm a collector. I've been a collector for, you know, since I was a kid. Um, and the high profile items and the, the very, very best quality in each category have never really gone down. Um, they they steadily increase, and I've seen a dramatic increase in the in the very very best in coins and comic books and currency, uh, in particular. Um, and that really goes towards the fact that these things are really rare. You know, there've been if, if you take U.S. coins in particular, you know, you know the mintages. They've been um, most. We're on the kind of like the downside of the half-life of vintage coins. So we've graded the majority of vintage coins that are out there. And we know based on our populations, repopulation reports, um, how these things have survived. And the very, very best are always collected. There's a lot of depth to the US market, a lot of depth in the comic book market, US coin market, and particularly uh, currency market. So. I'm really optimistic because we add people all the time to the registry. Collectors feel comfortable. Um, and there's a, if you're a collector, if you have that gene, um, you know, you want to complete sets. Uh, and I don't see, you know, every time I sell a really great coin, I regret it, put it that way. So over time, you know, it, it's, it's not like stocks or bonds. You know, you have to have a long-term perspective on these, uh, these items. And, and I've been I've been at the forefront of um, you know creating tools, or our company has created the tools and and um, made people very very comfortable. And I started seeing you know guys like the hedge fund guys coming into coins ten years ago. Um, they're converting from um, you know that that those assets into tangibles, and I don't see the trend reversing at all. I think it's going to even increase. And to that measure, there's certain categories that may outperform others here in the next five years. Do you have any favorites? Yeah, I love world coins because they're just starting to embrace certification, believe it or not, even though we've been doing it for so long. There, there's, it's, it's just one of those things I just don't understand why world dealers are not sending their coins into us directly or currency into us directly. They're allowing people to buy it raw, meaning ungraded. And then what happens is the, the smart guys buy those coins or currency, they send them into us and they put them right back into European auctions. So I, I think world coins have a long way to go. US uh, world currency has a long way to go. I particularly love ancient coins. We're the only ones in the world that grade ancient coins and certify them. They're fantastic. And holding one of them in your hand, it, it really exerts power. They're just wonderful items. They're, they're uh, in some cases two 2,000 years old or older and they're really inexpensive, $50, $75. Now there's 
there's million dollar ancients, but most of them are are low lower in value and 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 uh, collectible and you know uh, the entry point is is quite reasonable. And when we look at the world market, uh, obviously in the past it was difficult to ascertain or obtain the different world coins or ancient coins. Uh, where are some of the best places today that we can find different category items on the world market, not just coins, but but other things that may be valuable? You know, auctions, of course, are the number one place. Um, you know, I also would urge your viewers to find uh, a, a dealer that they they feel comfortable with, that uh, that's reputable. We, we vet our dealers. We have thousands of dealers that um, have to make certain criteria, hit certain criteria to become authorized dealers. But, um, you know, that'll guide, that'll help guide them. Also auctions like Heritage and Stax Bowers, um, you know, and, and you, you, it's easy enough to really view those auctions, look at prices realized, look at the past history and get comfortable. That's why we have growing markets. That's why these are not emerging asset classes. That's why they're asset classes now. So uh, there's a lot of information out there and, and it's just like anything else. You have to educate yourself in this area. You can't just like, you know, throw a dart. You really have to get some guidance. And then in my opinion, in every category, there's kind of a pragmatic uh, look and also an emotional attachment. And for example, comic books can have an additive value because of an uh, emotional attachment that people can have to a certain comic book, especially as they become uh, properties of, you know, movies and other content that can raise the awareness. Do you see emotionally attached assets like a comic book uh, doing well uh, in the future compared to like, just say gold? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, these characters, the movies are driving these, these, uh, these high prices and the, and the awareness of these characters. But there's, um, you know, the emotional attachment of knowing the nostalgia attachment. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many attorneys and doctors, you know, 50-year-olds are just giddy over these comic books. I'm not a comic book guy, but, you know, they're, you know, they're holding $500,000 comic books and they're, they're literally, uh, you know, like a kid. Um, I get it when I, when I, because I understand it, coins that make me this, feel the same way, but uh, I wasn't... I wasn't, you know, fortunate enough to buy comic books and in, in when I was a kid, we didn't have the dough to spend 10 cents on a or 25 cents on a comic book. And I I really didn't, it didn't catch on for me. But there's other aspects of the comic book market that interest me, and that's the original comic art. And I, even though I haven't played in it, um, you know, it was suggested to me long ago that that's really that was gonna be on fire and it it really has done done uh, extraordinarily well um there's definitely um you know that i was i was talking to some wall street guys about this there's an emotional attachment to coins that you don't or collectibles i should say that you don't have in in, in stocks you know who cares if you sell your apple if you're making a profit you can always buy it back but if you sell your you know hulk 181 and 9.8 or you sell your 1863 silver dollar and 67, you know, it's, it's emotional to get rid of that. It's emotional when you buy it, it's emotional when you sell it. And that's the difference between traditional assets and, and uh, collectibles. And I think that's a positive because 
you're irrational. I have 50 of the same thing. You know, it doesn't make any sense, but I, you know, my wife's like, why? And I, I said, cause it ha I have to, you know, I just, it's just what, how I'm built. And there's a lot of me out there. There's a lot of guys like us out there. Thank God, because it's built, we built our company um, with like-minded people and surrounded ourselves with like-minded people. So there's a lot of us out there, believe it or not. Oh, I believe it. I ran the most notable sports agency in the world with a gentleman named Lee Steinberg. At uh, least I, Lee Steinberg okay. Sports Entertainment. And I remember when I started as CEO and I said, well, you know, I'm getting, you know, I thought we were a sports agency. And he, he said, David, we are in the business of the irrationality of middle-aged men. He said, <laughs> he said, if I could, if I could take this football right here, put a signature on it and get $50,000 for it, this is the business of uh, rationality of middle-aged men. And it seems as if today, middle-aged men and women uh, both uh, participate in that irrational valuation. But even beyond the irrationality and the emotional aspect, there still has to be authentication uh, yeah. because technology can help us, but it also can hurt us because people can create duplicatives and other things where you need an expert eye to that. How long do you have to train someone uh, in order to have that type of eye and experience to make sure that what they grade something as is truly warranted? So there's there's two part answer to that. I think the best graders were the ones who were dealers because there's a there's a market component to this, right? Um, if you look at something that is slightly circulated and it has a mint state look. You wouldn't sell that as a dealer as almost uncirculated. You would, you know, you would, you would ask mint state money. Um, so that's 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 one aspect. And and then having the feel of looking at coins as a dealer is very very important. You see a lot of different things. The overall um, the overarching concern is authentication and also. Um, figuring out if something's been altered. So there's a, you, you can't do that unless you see a tremendous amount of items. So you have to have an eye for it. You have to have a passion for it. Now, when I was doing this, when I was, when I started out 35, 40 years ago, you know, there was a lot of raw material. You could go to a show and that's what, that's what you looked at was raw material. Today, the best way to become a great grader, an authenticator, is to do it at a grading service because all the all the collectibles come to a grading service at, to begin with because that's where they they are they increase in value because they're authenticated, graded, guaranteed, and that's what the public wants. So once they're certified by us, then they reach maximum value, and then they they can be sold, um, they can be monetized more easily. So it takes. It depends on the area. I know it's a long-winded question, but or a long-winded answer. But if you're a comic grader, you typically have a specialty in, let's call it, um, golden age or silver age, or you are modern. And at our uh, at at CGC, you know, you can learn where you can learn the broad spectrum of it by being there every day and, and getting to see this material. Same in coins and and currency. Um, but you have to feel it. You have to be there. You have to see it. And the only way we're we're sort of like the Harvard of collectibles. If you don't, you know, this is the place to go if you want the best education. And they do get the best there. Last question, real quick. I 
can't help but ask a great collector and a great eye like you, uh, emotionally, not value-wise, but emotionally, what's your favorite thing you've collected? It's definitely coins, and it's definitely U.S. coins. Um, I think the greatest coin I have, and it's not the most valuable, but it's um, it, it sort of typifies my collection. It's an 1864 $2.5 gold piece. And, uh, you know, it's Civil War era. They only made, like, I think, 2,400 of them. So think about that small mintage, right? And I have, I have one that is literally at the day it came, the, the very moment it came off the, the, out of the die, out of the, as after it was struck, somebody must have caught it and just put it away. And it's, it's, it, it's acquired this amazing skin and patina. Um, and the closest grade to that is probably five points difference or six points difference. Wow. Um, and it's just spectacular. So you have to wonder how an 1864 two and a half, which was, you know, minuscule mintage survived like this, acquired this kind of patina. Um, and it, it and, and I, that's, that kind of typifies my collection. I, I collect sort of miracles, freak items. So I would say that that to me is uh, a very emotional point. I've had it for 20 years or so. Um, and I, and every coin in my forever box is like that. So I'm a lucky guy. Yes, sir. I, uh, have a emotional attachment to my Tony Gwynn signed 394 when he batted 394 for the Padres personal one of 394 bats that he had created. And I never thought I could be emotionally attached to a multi-million dollar sports collection that I have anything as my hero signed that bat for me uh, as a sports agent. But I will tell you, I do have a Gary Vaynerchuk, a Gary V signed crushing it poster, one of 500 uh, from when he launched his book that may someday be more emotionally <laughs> and more valuable. Ironically, how entrepreneurs are becoming famous, especially that guy. So Mark Salzberg, you may be finding yourself uh, authenticating and grading posters of entrepreneurs someday. Who knows? Uh, but the world's definitely on the rise. And so our collectibles. And it's so nice to know that there is a credible, honest, trustworthy place that we can go to find out what the true grade and what the true authenticity of our items are. Thank you so much for lending your expertise uh, here today, Mark. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining Money Talks. We'll see you soon.